Tabula, Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. And I'm Nick. And welcome to season one, episode nine of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're so glad you are here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, you'll listen as two decades-long friends jump back into the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and relive the show that brought them close together and taught them so many of the values they still cherish today. And we will show out, we will throw out our usual side note for our friends. In this episode, we're going to be discussing everything, spoilers and all. If you haven't watched this episode and you don't want to hear spoilers, hit that pause button, go do your watching and come back. We will be anxiously awaiting your return. Each episode of Tabula Rasa, bitches, we'll dive into an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and discuss the lessons that can be learned from our favorite Sunnydale warriors and the supernatural creatures they use their talents and friendship to overcome. Today, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 9, The Puppet Show. How about that? What an episode it is, Allie. Indeed. It's a good It's a good one. I feel like it doesn't make lists a lot, but it's a fun one for sure. Well, I have a point about that later, about where it falls on the list and why I am personally offended by that. But Excellent. I'm going to jump into the episode summary. Does that work for you? Please do. Please do. Excellent. Giles has been put in charge of Sunnydale High's annual talent show by the new student-hating principal, Principal Snyder. Buffy, Xander, and Willow find Giles' new gig very amusing until they are until they too are forced into participating by Principal Snyder, who sees the trio, especially Buffy, as troublemakers. Things get worse, however, when a member of the cast is found with her heart removed, leading Giles to suspect there is a demon at work harvesting organs. Buffy first suspects amateur ventriloquist Morgan, a fellow student who has been experiencing extreme headaches. But when he turns up, minus his brain, Buffy's suspicion moves to Morgan's creepy dummy, Sid. That's one kind of headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allie, you can stay. You know that. I like you a lot. Sorry, continue. Uh, <laughs> Sid it turns out to be a demon hunter who was imprisoned in the body of a puppet and is hunting the demon himself. Sid helps Buffy track the demon down, and they save Giles just before he becomes the demon's next victim. And I'm going to give a huge shout out to Buffy Guide, who I adapted this summary from. So thanks, y'all. You're the best. Thanks, Buffy Guide. Okay, Allie, what an episode. Where would we start? You go first. So this whole opening scene is just delicious. So we have, start off with, hello, Cordelia. Um, points for enthusiasm for her <laughs> on her singing. <laughs> Amazing. But it's also very satisfying. Like, okay, so you're not good at everything. But she thinks she's good at everything. I also totally respect her confidence. And can I, th this is a Whitney Houston song. Bold choice. Oh, Bold yeah. choice choosing a yep. Whitney Houston song. It's like when someone thinks that they can do love on top at karaoke and you're like, oh, hon, there's like three key changes. You, no. Yeah, you're no, going to no. get to the end of that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a good idea at first. Or, or when they sing, when, um, how many crappy renditions of the wizard and i or define oh gravity or yes. it's like it's like you need you need the yeah. full or even honestly i'll shout out myself i did a whitney houston i want to dance with somebody and i was chugging along strong and i thought i was doing great and then boom key changed and i was like fuck wasn't ready for this when did you do that uh 
uh, summer after freshman year of college when I was on tour with the Bear Loves Honey. No way. We did a karaoke night. How fun. I love a karaoke night. Me too. I have a note, even before we get to the Cordelia hilariously botching this song, which, you know, she didn't think she was botching it. So who am I to say if she's botching it? Like, get it, Queen. Mm, she was botching it. <laughs> um, the way they start the episode with the creepy... The low angle and... Uh, yeah. Voiceover thing. Yeah, yeah. What a nifty way to start that episode. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, uh, I thought it was cool. And it's one of those things that, like, makes sense on the rewatching because you're like, oh, the low angle. It's not just creepy. It's from Sid's point of view. So it's that's timely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love when you can watch it back again and and get something new which is oh isn't that what this podcast is about anyways Allie? hundo percent and then so then we have giles who we find out is directing this talent show and the three come over and this whole exchange is just so full of sass and mockery it is so fun (laughs) and we're starting to really get into the relationship between the three of them and giles and this like playful, affectionate thing. I mean, because they come over right behind him, and he's like, "Oh, you three. And it's just like they're so bitching him. I love beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah. It's so oh, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then Snyder. Ah! I definitely was not this in love with him the first few times I was watching, but like, ah, it's just he's so deliciously evil. And now, as an adult, looking back. I definitely side with the adults a lot more than I used to. Oh, my God. Right. Right. So there are times when you're like, is Snyder wrong, though? Is he wrong? I wrote that. (laughs) I wrote that. I'm like, listen, from Snyder's perspective here, I would have made them do the television too. Totally. Yeah. They just made fun of this guy. I, I had that written down, too. Of like, that is a fantastic punishment because he didn't. That is like constructive. Yeah. Of, oh, you're going to shit on school spirit? Here you go. How's it feel? Yeah. Because he could have just slapped him on detention or whatever. That would not have been actually constructive. So he's actually, is he a great teacher? Uh, maybe. He might. I mean, he's mean. He really hates kids. But he might, he might in some ways. I mean, we learn more about him later. So maybe not. But, but like, who doesn't hate high schoolers? Fair enough. I like, maybe it's just because he's been around them. Maybe he started off super optimistic and was like, I'm going to change minds and help the next generation and then he met them and was like "Mm." Mm, (laughs) never mind my hope is gone um he has a line here okay so sometimes i think that he might be in in some ways exactly what sunnydale high school needs Mm -hmm. um he has a quote here this is the first of a couple quotes of his that i wrote down um he's talking about principal flutie and he goes (laughs) he was eaten you're in my world now and i just wrote down that that does feel like what growing up feels like well and i wrote down the second half of that quote which is what he's like and sunnydale has touched and felt for the last time (laughs) (laughs) which i love and also what's really interesting is that snyder is sort of one of the only ones of the town to comment on all of the fucked up stuff that happens at sunnydale he knows what's going on. He comments uh, about people getting eaten and stuff. Like, he didn't go with the party line of, oh, rabid dogs got into the mm-hmm. school somehow. He said Snyder was eaten. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, I guess rabid dogs could have eaten him. But we see later, again, spoilers, something happens. I think it's the snakes in the cafeteria. And he's talking. He's on the phone with the mayor or somebody. He's like, okay, so the usual explanation, gas leak or something. Yeah. So he acknowledges that he knows it's supernatural stuff that's going on. So there, I feel like there's so much more to that. 
I don't know if this I don't know if this is that same episode you're talking about, Ali, but but there's another time, too, where he's like, OK, we're going to tell them it was PCP. It was just a lot of people on PCP in here like he. Yeah, he knows what's up. He does. Oh, I think that's a different episode. I think that's um the parent teacher night. Yeah, you're right. He does the, yep. P, the P, PCP. Um, Give me one sec. I have to shut out my dog because she has her toy. Hazel, I was all down for you. I love you. No, I try I try to be a good dog mom and let her be in here while we record. But if you're going to play with your toy, that both crinkles and squeaks. Um, So, yeah, I think such a great, strong intro to Snyder. Just comes in the easy to hate, amazing, especially the stark contrast to Flutie, obviously. And I like, too, this comes up later, but there are questions about um, we're eventually led to a different conclusion. But at first, we think that he might be the one uh-huh. who's who's and I wouldn't be out of line for the other characters we've come across. Like, that would be a logical guess. But I, I also really like how they've introduced his character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got some well-timed euphonium. I love that. Oh, I hadn't even picked up on that. That's so funny. Yeah, because at some point. You are such a band kid. Oh, my God. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I just I cheered for a year and then was like, I need to go where my people are. <laughs> but they, yeah, there, there's a kid, another kid auditioning for the talent show or showcasing a talent or whatever. And it like ends up being a comedic button. And you see like, it's like, it's, it was as if somebody had done like a brumps, but it was euphonium. It was just fun. That is funny. Fellow band kids, let us know if you picked up on that. Um, my next note is, okay, so we get to the point where the girl in the locker room is killed and then her heart gets taken out. And this is just a note. This show would have me believe that locker rooms are a highly violent place. Because <laughs> at this point, we have seen a dead body found in the locker room. We've seen Buffy almost be electrocuted mm-hmm. in the locker room. At some point, we're going to see this fish demon thing in the locker room. Yeah, I have a I have a note. These poor administrators. What is this? The third dead body in a locker room this year, this school year. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Fuck, as if, it's, if, as if it's not hard enough to get educators like ugh, it sucks. And this is in a, a school year. This is many deaths in a single school year mm-hmm. in the locker room. Yep. Wow. Um, my inner geek is getting really sensitive at the mockery of all these legit talents. Interesting. Because some of them, like, so they're mocking the whole overall idea of a talent show. Yeah, they But are. then, like, the euphonium was doing a solid solo. He wins in tune. I mean, Cordelia, obviously, like, she deserves the mockery. She was not in tune. But then, like, I actually think ventriloquism is a high, is a great skill. If that wasn't a demon, if Sid weren't actually a demon, a uh, supernatural being or whatever, uh, that would be a really solid routine. Um, also, I know we find things out about the magician, but listen, magic is a freaking cool. I agree. Hobby. I don't think it's dorky at all. I've seen some excellent magic shows and illusion shows and stuff like that. I think that's really fun. And it's not easy to sell. So he was actually really good at those tricks and stuff. So, yeah, I was just getting a little prickly at them making fun of all these people. It's like it's really easy to mock the person who's doing it. Mm-hmm. But like the person who's not shouldn't interrupt the person who is. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a euphonium expert, feel free to make fun of the girl playing euphonium. But don't do that otherwise. Right. Otherwise, yeah, down. exactly. Learn to play euphonium yourself. Um. So I I have a quote from Willow that I thought was really fun when they're talking about what they can do. Like, do you do any of you play instruments and stuff? 
and Willow said she took piano and they're like, oh, so could you do that? And she's like, oh, in front of other people? Then no, I don't play. How, how characteristic of Willow. Right. So great. Um, in this same scene, I have a comment here in all caps. Yes, leopard print dress. Yeah. Girl's crushing it. Girl's crushing it. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure you have this quote from Snyder written down as well. Or if you don't have it written down, it resonated with you. Kids need understanding. Kids are human beings. That's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. <laughs> Snyder, the more I get older, the more I resonate with you. Right, the more I... You're right. That's that's adulthood when you start identifying with the main <laughs> principle and you're like, is he wrong? Is he wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this brings me to actually a question I have for you. Giles uh, has a quote about plain, simple evil versus complicated, human-driven evil, or a complicated human-driven to evil. Because Buffy's like, this is a demon, this is the work of a demon. And he's like, mm, or do you just not want to believe that it's a human being who was driven to kill somebody? Mm. Turns out, as usual, she is right. Well, I don't know why he keeps contradicting her and doubting her, her theories and stuff. I'm going to come back to that point later. Yep. Keep going. Some white male misogyny here. Yep. Uh, but I have a question. Do you believe in evil? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, Allie, this is a good one. Do you? Okay, I want to. I want to stay away from logical fallacies here because there are people that we can point to who just are. They had a great upbringing. Like there are some people who do terrible things, and you can be like, "Yeah, you were dealt mm-hmm. a rough hand." I don't know. Like, sure. There are also people who didn't have that experience and maybe there's just something wrong with their, but like, I want to be careful just because they're, uh, it does get really tricky. Mm, don't evil exist. Mm. I, Ron DeSantis exists. Yes. Evil exists. Yeah. Yeah. That like asshole Republican governor of Florida. Yeah. Evil exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. I, I agree. I do think evil exists. Um, I don't think true evil should be something that we just like throw around mm-hmm. you know but i do think there are people like you said who had a perfectly fine upbringing and still wake up and choose violence yep um you know watching criminal minds a lot of those episodes are based off of real life crimes so they're just people who do sick things yeah that yeah some of them are like they were born this way i don't i think that's an explanation not an excuse um, and there are people who just do sick, evil things. Yeah, there are for people no good reason. There are people with miswired brains, and them I don't, like. We can debate that, but there are like undeniably people whose brains are fine. They're capable of being a good person. They just literally choose not to. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's a good distinction that you just made, Ali. We're not gonna we recognize this, it exists. We're not gonna throw it around willy nilly, but. I, yeah, I right. I think we're right. I think it does exist. And I think there have been people across history who step on people just for the sake of power, are willing to do anything. The kind of person who would literally, if they could, make a deal with the devil, damn the consequences. You know, as long as it doesn't affect me, I don't care. That kind of thing. You know, I think, I think that definitely falls under the category of evil. I think so, too. Ugh. Humans are the worst. Okay, maybe Principal Snyder has a point. <laughs> you know, I because there, there are some people who 
like in middle school, I had a really harsh band director. He wasn't harsh all the time. And I certainly wouldn't put him in the he's towards Snyder, but not as bad. But you know what? There were a lot of lessons I learned from him holding us to higher standards, teaching. He taught us so much about professionalism. And I look at people a lot as I encounter them in, you know, I've chosen a career in performance and stuff. So I look at them like, you didn't have this kind of teacher and it shows. Yeah, I agree. I had that band teacher at one point and I didn't always love being his student. But looking back, yeah, I am now for a professional environment. Nowadays, if I'm showing, I, you better believe I'm early. Right. And that's because of Mr. Brody. Right, exactly. Shout out to Mr. Brody because we love you. And I think, and the people that like he did go off on and stuff, like it was not undeserved. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, he was kind of right. And also, I also remember he was so tough on us during rehearsals. And then no matter how the concert went, you finish the song at the concert or whatever, people clap. At least in any of the performances he did for me, he always was like, good job. Yeah, great. Good job. Yeah. Like he knew when to. He he was a definitely a champion for us. I remember he was saying the school board does not want us to take field trips. But as long as I am teaching here, we will take field trips. Yeah. Because he knew they were important for our education and the experience and all of that. And there And there were times like if you got to band like seventh, eighth grade, he started getting really fun. Mm -hmm. But it was like, because you earned it. Mm -hmm. You sat and you behaved and you learned. And then he, you know, would ask like, all right, so who's dating who? And those kinds of fun he things. He was always during sectionals too. We've gotten so right, far Right, that's off. what I talk about. Sectionals, groups, sectionals got too. really yeah. fun. Seventh and yeah. eighth grade. He always started off, does anybody have any good jokes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was one of those, there were definitely teachers who like some people hated. And I'm like, well, that's because you didn't behave. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you were terrible. Um, right. Some teachers are mean for the sake of being mean, but there are some that I'm like, well, if you did what you were supposed to, then they wouldn't have any reason to yell at you. But anyway, let's get back on track. I well, This kind of relates to a question that I have for you. Excellent. Okay. So just to take us back at this point, somebody has died and the Scooby gang has decided they're going to try and figure out, interview some people, do some clues or whatever. And just, by the way, this whole montage where they're talking to people or whatever Total CSI vibes, and I love it. How, mm, mm -hmm. um, yeah. But at one point, I forget who is interviewing the band girl, but the band girl says that the euphonium player, she, I think mm -hmm. it's euphonium, whatever. Yeah, um, it's euphonium. She says something like, Oh, Emily was a dancer. Emily's the girl that died. Um, Emily's like a dancer, and she references a dancer band rivalry. Mm. My question to you, Allie, is mm -hmm. Is that true? Is there a dancer band rivalry? Uh, it was not band. It was orchestra. Oh. And I wouldn't quite go as far to call it a rivalry, but there was definitely like sass. You mean and some orchestra band and sass. band. Yes. Got it. Like there was a lot of throwing around like orc dorks and stuff because a lot of people like maybe started in strings and then went to band and stuff like a lot of like we were given two options. Yeah. So there was a lot of making fun both ways and i do remember there was some contention with the musical theater kids and the dancers because there was definitely a few shows while we were in high school that us musical theater kids had been sticking through and felt like paying our dues so that we could be leads and stuff and then just like a whole slew of dancers from the dance department came in and got like all of the ensemble roles and that was a year that, like, a bunch of us didn't get into the show at all. And it was just really frustrating. What musical was it? The Early Matter Millie was a big dance show. Yep. 
That's what I was talking about. One. Yeah. Yeah. As a guy, I always thought it was much easier. Really? And it was and it was frustrating because like a lot of them Yeah. Like didn't give face. So I was just like, this is what happens when you cast dancers. Like You got into Thoroughly Modern Really. Barely. You bobbed your hair for Thoroughly Modern Really. Yes, I did. I crawled it every every show. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I but I didn't make it into the featured dancers because that was the yeah. thing. They like had a featured dancers and ensemble. So we were in like the first number and the last number. I just had a memory come back to me that I'll talk to you about after this, a visceral memory kind of related to this point, but I have to name drop people in order to do it. And I can't do that. On- was it who got cast as the lead? No, it was adults clearly favoring the dancers. And I was like, yep, yep. That certainly happened a lot. You're just not even trying to hide it right now. Oh my God. Yeah. You were seeing so many. And there was also later in high school, there was some frustration with the chorus people coming in. Cause again, it was like, well, we've been yeah, here yeah. working our way. And then you just come in and grab the big roles. And that was really frustrating. Oh, as well. oh yeah. And in, oh my God, you're so right. Sound that of music music. happened too. Sound yeah. Of mm-hmm. Oh, high school. Yeah. I mean, by that time, I had checked out because I was doing stuff at Drama Learning Center because we were doing actual real shows yeah. better than what our high school was doing. So, whatever but i do remember that being a frustration point because again like we've been the ones putting in the work and then it felt like they just came in and grabbed the roles which again if they earned it they earned it whatever but i remember as a high schooler being very frustrated by that um we've once again devolved but i feel a need to put up it's it's on topic to put a to put a fine point on this and say that i am grateful for many some many i'll say many of the high school theater experiences I had wherever the experiences were. Agreed. I'm saying that so that, yeah. Yep. Yep. Nope. They were valid, valid experiences. Were they perfect? Absolutely not. Did I learn from them? Absolutely. Oh, retweet. So during this, during this montage of interviews, we get another golden Cordelia quote. (gasps) I'm so glad you're saying this. Keep going. It's just like such a tragedy for me. Yeah. Emma was like my best friend. Then Xander says, Emily. Emily. <laughs> oh, I've missed the last few episodes. It feels like Cordelia hasn't been super prominent. Yeah. I missed her oh, We get a lot of good Cordelia in this. Um, fun fact, Euphonium Girl was in a little uh, Melissa Joan Hart movie called Drive Me Crazy. That is a fun fact. I didn't know that. Yep. It's So it's a 90s, early 2000s rom-com thing. I... Loved it. It was not seen a lot. It stars Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenadier. Grenda, the guy from Entourage. Everyone knows him. He's got the dark curly hair. Um, and it's fun. And it's so dated because on the front of the box, it said featuring new music from Britney Spears and NSYNC. Uh, another not so fun fact. Melissa Joan Hart is a militant, ardent conservative republican who has said i was gonna say isn't she an anti-vaxxer yeah she's not but good actress yeah fun fun movie it doesn't change how i feel about the movie maybe euphonium girl actress lady amazing woman will be guests at some point hit us up who knows um good thing buffy is the one who found morgan oh true i mean we find out later that morgan yeah. morgan's not the problem but like oof. yeah true that i hadn't even thought about that that's a good point um, my note related to that is, and and we'll probably talk about this later, but th- this is another looking back with all the context. Morgan's story is really tragic. Yeah. Really tragic. This poor kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and he's just trying to 
He's trying to do his ventriloquist. He's just trying to participate in the school talent show. Yeah. And based on just what feels like his overall like mannerisms and stuff, he's just like not probably doesn't have a lot of friends and yeah, just his whole his whole story. And then yeah, he's besieged by headaches and brain cancer. We learned mm-hmm. God, this poor dude. Man. Oh, yep, yep. Headaches. Check out your headaches. They are not necessarily just chronic pain. I'm just saying. Sometimes there's something more. That's a good PSA. Yep. Um, the when Buffy does that hilarious two to the right, three to the left, like, <laughs> and as as she's like spying on Morgan or whatever, she breaks into his locker. Yep. Um, just side note, there are so many times when I've wanted to do something similar to those fucking lockers <laughs> that try and make me feel stupid. I swear, I swear, <laughs> I'm doing it right, and they. Yeah, so Buffy, I wish I had your powers here. I just love that moment because she's like looking around to make sure no one's watching and then she slams it in. There were so many times where when Buffy manhandles that locker that I also wish I could manhandle a locker because I swear they want to make me feel stupid. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I I know how to count. Surely it's not me. But I think it's interesting. I thought it was interesting how she like, Looks one way, looks the other way, clearly trying to make sure no one's watching, and then bam! <laughs> okay, well, if no one was watching, they are now. Right. Yeah, they could hear that. Come on. Come on. I, I wonder how that conversation went, because Snyder interrupts her and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, it, like, did he just not notice the broken, or did she, like, finagle her hand? I don't know. I don't have to think about it too much, but... <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna say he didn't notice or chose not just to comment the logistics on it. Of it. I mean, he's yeah. already watching her anyway. That's true. Yeah. Um, I also have a note. Ooh, Buffy sneaking music, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> the things that I start to notice. Um, and I have the note. Agreed. S money, smoking, murder, same thing. Yeah, I like when he's like talking about the things that he won't tolerate. He just like terrible thing, terrible thing. And smoking. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Don't smoke, kids. But I don't know. I mean, that is one of my things. Not a pet peeve. Something stronger than a pet peeve. But, like, something that I just can't. I can't empathize with. I can't even sympathize with it. Because it's like, we know what they are. We know that it's bad for you. How did you start to begin with? But that's also, like, I, I'm so straight edge and stuff. So I'm sure there are other people who have their reasons. Mm. But. Well, luckily, Buffy never smoked, so we're fine. Sorry, smoker fans. Well, maybe smoker fans. Let, let, let us know. I don't smoke. So, you know, maybe you can maybe you can lend us some insight here. Who knows? The next scene, um, so I have a question and then a note because I think this is a really nice scene. But Buffy is getting ready for bed and her mom comes in and they're having a conversation about the talent show. And Buffy's like, I can't wait for it to be over. Don't come, please. My second question for Allie of the episode is, have you ever had a performance? Yes, Greece at Drama Learning Center. You were like, don't come. Yes. Please don't come. Yes. I came to that. I liked it. It was one of their classes. Yeah, I saw it. It was good. You were good. Okay, well, I... Who were you? I was good. Yeah. You were... Were you Rizzo? Frenchie? I was Frenchie. Frenchie. You were Frenchie. Yeah. Um... No, no, I wasn't even Frenchie. I was Marty. I was Marty. I was a poor crafting for that more. You should have been Sandy, but keep going. Uh, no, I wanted to be Rizzo, but I had a conflict with audition day. Ooh. And like, it, which was like the first class, like I could make everything else just like I missed that first class. And I remember the teacher was like, we can't really give you a lead when everyone else showed up to audition. And I was like, I guess that's fine. I guess that's fair. 
Um, it ended up being a fun experience. I bonded with my castmates and stuff. But for context, for everybody listening, this show was a class that was open to middle schoolers and high schoolers. So I, as a sophomore in high school, was the oldest person in the cast. So imagine, you know, a little professional alley. You didn't have to audition to be in it. You you like participated in the right. You so you paid to be in the class, and then they had auditions, basically like to sing for like casting. So you were already in the show, but it was just like, what role did you get? Right. But I missed that class, and they were just like, didn't feel like it was fair to give it to someone who technically didn't sing for any of the roles. But I mean, I still got a whole song. Marty has a whole song because she has Freddie, my love. But I overall was not. It was not my proudest show, but I did make Tessa and Caitlin come because I saw their Grease, which is just another example of like, well, you were great. Yeah. And then I'm just not going to comment on the rest of the show. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, my parents can come. Tessa and Caitlin, you can come. Don't worry about it. Everybody else. I saw it too. I liked it. Um, what what was her name? Who do I like? Um. Oh, um, are you talking Haley Iberson? No, because she. Was I also- like her too, though. Okay, I adore. I adore her. She may have been Frenchy. I think she was Frenchy, but I adore her, and she's so fucking talented and so gorgeous, and like little but hate her, but she's amazing. <laughs> you bitch! Oh my she's god, she's one of those people. She yeah. posts all these pictures, and you're like, oh my god, you just look so like. And I'm sure it's not the truth, but she's one of those people you look at. You're like, oh, you're just so casually, effortlessly gorgeous. Just like fuck you, whatever. You're too perfect. I yeah. can't do it. Well, the the other thing that I wanted to say about the scene between Buffy and her mom is that there are just serious, supportive mom points here. I thought it's oh yeah, very nice moment. Like Buffy wakes She's up, just trying so hard, screaming, and it's because Sid is like trying to kill her or whatever. But it's like in the middle of the night, so she thinks she's dreaming, and and her mom is like, "Oh, I was don't worry about screaming and waking me up. I was dreaming about bills. It was just, <laughs> it was just, it was a cute sweet. moment." Um, I had a couple of comments of that actually before we got to the, the nightmare. So we get why Buffy and the gang do what they do, skipping school, all of those breaking into places. But like, can you really blame Snyder? Like, he doesn't know that she's the slayer. Like, yeah, no, I cannot. He just sees he just sees people who chronically skip and don't do their homework and aren't getting good grades. And you're just like, yeah, I would think that they're a bad apple, too. Yeah, no, he he is right to keep a very close eye on them. And that, yeah, 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 he's totally right to keep a close eye on them. Yeah, um, I love that Buffy wears real PJs, like a tank top and PJ pants. I love that. Yeah, that's true. She does. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't picked up on that before. Because you see in a lot of in a lot of like TV shows and movies where they're like, in high school and wearing lingerie. Right. And you're like, or they're wearing like a little baby tee and underwear. And like, yes, I know that there are some people who sleep in their underwear. There are some people who sleep naked. But I feel like that's just the, like, this overly unnecessarily sexualized portrayal when it's like, no, they're probably wearing like a t-shirt and boxer shorts, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like that they did that. It uh, keeps the focus on the story, which is amazing. Exactly. Um, Those little footsteps that she hears when Sid's in her room terrifying creepy right hell no that this part is creepy and when she there there's a part where she's like okay i'm going to bed good night and she turns off the light and then there's a sound and we see sid in the window Mm -hmm. and i have forgotten about that i jumped it is creepy yeah not cool those little tiny oh god i would shit the bed Mm -mm. the tippy taps nope nope Mm -mm. no tippy taps for me not at night if my nope absolutely not um my next note here it is, so I think the next scene starts with conversation between Cordelia and Giles, and Cordelia is like, I can't go after the band. 
And having listened to the Whitney Houston song that Cordelia is performing, I think she has a point about performance order. That will that will miss the mark if she goes after the rock band. I believe I don't think that she has those intentions in mind, but I happen to agree with what she's saying, at least that. Yeah, probably has a point about performance order. Side note, Giles, come on. You were clearly an amateur. Yeah. Talent acts put together. But we don't know who's following her because maybe he needs to put the like really strong act after her. That's true. I've definitely seen like in a variety show, you do have to like work kind of. You could be strategic. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. So, you know, well, we'll devil's advocate. I do love Giles saying Xander was right. Worked like a charm. Because because he's Xander said, oh, just like comment on her hair. And then she gets like stressed out and has to leave and go check her hair. And I was like, well, well, Cordelia hack. Um, Also, I love how Cordelia is so proud of her diss. I don't know what diss this is referring to. Oh, no, there. I think they're. um, Yeah, I know exactly what you're referencing here. This is so um, Buffy is Buffy Cordelia are in class and Morgan and Sid are there too. And Sid like turns around and looks and Cordelia's like, oh, somebody likes you. The dummy likes it. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, I almost wrote down a note that was like, Buffy, just with an open palm, slap her across her face at some point. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, some people she need to be hit. Sometimes. Like they need to be humbled. They do. It's just like in general, don't hit people. But like I don't know if they're being an asshole. <laughs> You're like we don't have to consider their gender. That's fine. Right. Like actions have consequences. Um. Why? Why did the teacher let him have Sid out anyway? I had. Yeah, I have questions about how we even got to that point in the first place. Right. Yeah, that's that's weird to have your dummy out on your lap in the middle of class. Like, no, you can't just have your toy out in the middle of class. Maybe the teacher knew about morgan's like health conditions so was willing to give him some leeway but then if you're going to give him leeway on that you can't be surprised when he starts i don't know like what are you gonna like he's not gonna sit there and be quiet with it he's gonna play with it right right um right before this scene i don't remember what prompted this note exactly but it relates to something you said before i have in all caps written here why does no one ever believe buffy the pack Malik, now sid mm-hmm. she's always right yep i need them to start and it's all three of them. It's oh no, it's because it's because it's the day after the nightmare and like Buffy comes back and she's like, This is gonna sound crazy, but I swear Sid was in my room last night. And all of them, Willow included, Willow, I expect more from you. Willow is supposed to be like the smart, emotionally intelligent one. Willow too is like, uh, I think you're just afraid of it. like no, she's right. Right. She's right. Y'all look like fools now. Like I think I, I mentioned this stupid. in like the first episode or something like that, but you have by now episode nine you have fought a witch a giant praying mantis demons and vampires why why would you why is anything off the table yeah a, a dummy is a line too far a demonic right. dummy is to, really like you you've think? never heard of creepy possessed dolls come on come, come on. on you fools yeah. you fools yeah hashtag believe women um, but uh, Miss Jackson was trying so hard to care because she's like, I think she I, I I don't think she does know about his condition because she does say like, hey, is there something going on at home or something? You seem really off. I think you're right. So we're talking about we're talking about she's confiscated the doll. She's like, you can come back after school. Right. Morgan does. And then she's like, are you OK? Right. Which is very sweet. And sometimes those teachers save lives. Yeah, you're right. They do. And so she's just trying so hard. But. Uh, looking back though this is in a lot of ways one of the darker episodes kind of we find out later 
this dude has i i still don't quite know where the obsession with sid comes in but like he's not having brain cancer oh right. my god this poor yeah. kid this poor turns kid. out he was a total innocent and he ends up dead too um i mean sometimes people just get like creepily fixated on things like yeah you know that's then it just ends up being like oh he just really likes his ventriloquist doll whatever yeah the security and it might be that like sometimes like older kids aren't really allowed to like have stuffed animals or dolls or things like that especially guys aren't allowed to have dolls so maybe in this really traumatic um stressful exhausting point of his life he kind of just needs a security blanket and this is sort of a socially accepted one to have although barely yeah that's a good point um, once again, I'm banished to the demon section of the card catalog. As I was doing research for the, like quotes and trivia and stuff for this, that quote kept coming. Everybody loves that quote. That's a fun one. Um, I love, so Buffy is exploring, like trying to figure out what's going on. She ends up backstage investigating and then she eventually discovers Morgan's body. I think it's, this is when she discovers it. But before them, Snyder comes in and is like, being misogynistic and she says something like i can take care of myself and i was just mm-hmm. yes buffy yes you yeah i have a before that i have a, a snyder quote written um uh, i have lol a girl like yourself you have no idea yeah. you have no idea what this girl is like what do you mean by that Snyder? a girl like your what do you mean by that i don't know douche um at some point sid makes known that he is like sentient. Buffy brings him to the library, and then I have a I have a quote written down here. Um, G- Giles is like caught up, and he's like, "Oh shit, the show! Oh, it's gonna start! Oh my god!" And he rushes out, and Sid says, "How did he ever get that gig?" And I just thought, "Oh, funny." <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the new guy being the new guy, and they were like, "Well, we've all done it. Your turn. Your turn." He's in so over his head. Oh, Giles. Yep. Um. Oh. I love the tracking back a little bit while they're fighting. Um, I thought it was weird that she was struggling with the chandelier. Um, just seemed like disproportionate based on other things we've seen her fight off and like her strength and stuff. I just thought it was weird that she was struggling with that. I thought that too. So Sid drops the chandelier on her and I was like, why Why are you struggling with this? Right. I don't know. A little arbitrary. Yeah. And it's not like some giant one that hang hung in the hall of a castle. Like it was one that was clearly used for the theater. So... Yeah. Probably wasn't even that real or heavy. So I don't know. Um, but I also love when so they're fighting and someone's like, I don't remember the exact quote, but like, you're not gonna get him. And then it's like, neither will you. What? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wait, we're on the same side? We both have the same goal? Yeah, they both realize at the same point. Yeah. yeah that but is what funny. a twist. I think yeah. I had forgotten originally when I was watching this. I was like, oh wait, that's right. He's not even the bad guy. Right. Yeah, they do it so well. They keep you wondering for so long. It's so nice. Yeah. Um, Cordelia, another insulting Buffy, say, you know, being pawned off like I'm some sort of Buffy. <laughs> she hasn't even been there that long, and now Buffy's already synonymous with being a loser. Like, Yeah, it's just further evidence that everybody knows that she's a weirdo, and it's like, she saved your life so many times if you don't treat Buffy nicely. I swear no to fucking God. idea. And I guess, like, I, I don't know. I think that maybe Cordelia's hurt that Buffy didn't choose her. And maybe that's why she decides to go after Buffy so hard. Mm, she feels a little rejected and she's hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting Cordelia's psychology. Mm. I feel like there's got to be something something like that. Otherwise, 
as a popular girl, you can kind of choose where you invest I your energy. I always thought you're being more gratuitous. I always thought that it was like, uh, I didn't think her meanness came from feeling, I feel rejected and therefore I'm sad and I'm going to be mean to you as a result. I more took it as a, how dare you not mm. accept me? Do you know what I mean? Like that. Oh, yeah. Whole difference in the thought process. Like I'll make you, I'll make you regret your choice. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it might, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's a bit of both. Um, And it also might just be easy association. Like it's easy to put people in boxes and it's like, well, you're hanging out with Xander and Willow. They're losers. Now you're a loser. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Labels, labels are easy. They're not always good, but they are easy. Um, So they, someone probably Giles says, you know, picture the audience in their underwear. Uh, I always thought that was dumb. Okay, don't do that. As someone who performs, yeah. I always thought, because like, I feel like you're already shooting yourself in the foot by spending that extra mental energy. And also, why do you want to picture a whole bunch of like moms and dads and maybe teachers in their underwear? It just always seemed like just like a bad idea. Kind of a weird trope, right? Nobody actually mm-hmm. does that. I don't, I don't, I've never run into anybody who actually does What do that. you do to make yourself not nervous right before performance? I don't remember what I, I think that I would. This is the wrong thing to do, but I think I would almost just be so rehearsed that I almost go into like some sort, not like autopilot, but I can. Like muscle memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a better way to uh-huh. describe it. What do you do to chill yourself out before big performance? Um, some of it is that. Also, some of my tactics have changed since my um, anxiety got a lot worse because now there are times that my brain doesn't know the difference between my body's reacting this way because I'm anxious and having a panic attack versus my body's reacting this way because I'm nervous or excited. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's I've gotten better about it, but I remember like one of the first shows I had um since my big anxiety blow up, uh I thought I was having a panic attack and then I got on stage and it all got better. I was like, "Oh, Allie, you just had pre-show jitters and you just don't know the difference right now because you have anxiety. Uh, but something that I heard in high school that I loved. So I was teaching the advanced theater class my senior year. And I had asked them, like, what do you do to cope with with nerves for a show? And one of the students, shout out to Bobby Henneberg, love you. He said, I just turn it into awesomeness. Oh, a little reframing. Yeah, exactly. Because it's one of those things that that's just like seems like it's a blow off. But actually, you can reframe your thoughts. You can retrain. Yeah. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Right. Yeah. Use your mental imagination powers to be like, yeah, I'm just going to push all this energy into being awesome. And I love that. So I do actually still think about that a lot. Oh, that's cute. Oh, what a nice little thing to get. That's cool. And then I had another um, person who gave us a workshop. So a lot of the mistakes that come from nerves are you trying to go too fast. You know, you get jittery and things just kind of tumble out. So doing really focused breaths as if you're breathing in and out through a straw slows your body down Mm -hmm. and you kind of regain control it slows your heartbeat down and you can get kind of back that focus good little helpful helpful tip i appreciate that learning things all the time yeah my next note is um so we learn that we learn more details about why sid has become a puppet Mm -hmm. and it has to do with a curse and in order to break the curse he has to kill these six demons i think it's six six seven six i think 
And there, there's a dialogue that he has with Buffy and he's clarifying. He's like, when this curse is broken, when I say I'll be free, Buffy says, you mean you'll be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just more evidence for my thesis here that this is one of those darker episodes. This yeah. dude wants to kill demons so he can die and be done and be released. Yeah. Like, wow. I thought that was a very interesting discussion on death. Yeah. Not even one that like comes out with a clear answer or view one way or the other. But I can absolutely see if like he's been around for quite some time. I can't remember if it was like 50 or 100 years or something like that. But it's been a long time to be trapped in an awful body. It was a it was a profound discussion between the two of them and, and like courageous from the screenwriting perspective to like kind of bridge that. That is mm-hmm. I, I always appreciate when Buffy navigates those themes. Yeah, they don't uh, avoid like mm. that that stuff, which is why I thought that this is one of the many reasons why I think that Buffy can has connected to so many people over the years because they deal with these themes that we all encounter. Mm-hmm. So why not talk about it? I think there's a lot of things that we end up either um, getting hurt by or tripping up on just on the road of life and stuff because we don't talk about it. What do you think of this? Um, it gets to the point where we find out the magician is actually a demon in disguise. He's trying to take Giles' brain because Giles is the smartest one around and they have this fight. What's your feedback on on how this episode kind of the the like the final up. the falling yeah. action of it? Um, I thought so I don't know, Giles Giles, your head's about to be sliced off and all he lets out is like a huh. Like I'd be screaming. I'll be screaming. I'll be flailing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he could have put up a little more of a fight. I know you're like padlocked in or whatever, but you could you could be thrashing. More. Your he arms won't. aren't. He wasn't tied down. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Because it's not like you're thinking in the moment with stuff like that. You're not thinking like, oh, well, what good does it do to struggle? Like, no, your fight or flight kicks in. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, mighty convenient how that demon fell onto the table with his head exactly in the right place for the guillotine. That was a little. Also, based on what we saw of this demon's fighting abilities, this demon struggles cutting that rope. Yeah, he struggles hacking away at it, and and he manhandles Buffy. He like gets her like picked up by his forearm or something. Yeah, but maybe that speaks more to the quality of the knife than his strength. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I will suspend my disbelief yeah. here. I mean, ropes might be cutting ropes might be one of those things that like it's harder than it looks because there's just so many layers to it. I've never tried to cut a rope either with a very sharp axe or with a dull axe. So maybe I'll yeah do a little demo. I'll I see if there's there. somebody. I haven't there. been there. I don't know. Um, yeah. But this this scene at the end, there's uh, Juliet. Was it Caesar's scene or whatever? Oh yeah, my god, yeah. this is so funny. It's so funny. I love yeah, the way they ended this episode it, and I and I think they wrapped up like kind of a dark episode really hilariously. Yeah. With like the curtain goes up and Snyder is like there there's a beheaded demon and he's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> that, that was great. And I loved I love when Willow just runs off and then the two of them step together to close the space. I don't know why, but that very specific physical movement was just like, oof, love it. Oh, so great. It's so good. Yeah. 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 What a great ending to the episode. Yeah. 
It can't be a weird thing we've ever seen. I think I agree with your I agree with your thesis. This is kind of a, a weirder, darker episode. Um, do you think was that one of the things that you saw in your research? Or do you I think don't know if the two are related, rank? but yeah, I found something. I didn't go into the Nielsen rating index myself, so I don't have like complete, but I'm like kind of inclined to believe that um, this episode is one of the lowest rating in the entire series. And I, wow. I didn't, I, I mean, it's not my favorite ever, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was brave. There was a cool fight. There was a really interesting twist, twist yeah. and stuff. And I, I, yeah. So I was surprised that, like, do, do people hate this episode? Maybe it's because it's a standalone. Yeah, it doesn't play into the overall arc of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't that. think that I don't think that detracts from it being a good episode. Right. Hmm. Maybe maybe it just ends up being one of those things of like, in the context of greater episodes it just ends up getting pushed down. Like, it's not that it's a bad episode. It's just that others are so good. Well, and I don't know. There are similar episodes in the first season that are kind of inconsequential. You're like, this could, I could take or leave it. Like, this doesn't really add anything. To Monster of the week type. Yeah. It like the pack. I hate the pack. How, you're telling me I don't have the full rating in front of me, but. Yeah. Somebody is telling is going to tell me the pack is better than this episode? Freaking hyenas. What? No. No. Come on. Are you about to tell me? I've never like... I've never tried to rank the episodes. Yeah. I have my favorites, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't even have them my favorites ranked. Yeah. I just have them in just like a loose jumble of like, well, these are ones that I particularly love. The other bit of uh trivia i found that i thought was interesting is that so so at the i don't know what version you watched ali or what version our listeners have but apparently that the ending of the episode can be slightly different depending on the version you're watching in the version i watched it ends with the hilarious cringy scene that buffy xander and willow are are reenacting and apparently that that mm -hmm. last bit in the credits are split screen they're on the side and that's kind of unique um, but apparently that ending bit wasn't in the TV airing, but it was on the, like, it came back, one of those, like, situations. Huh. Which I think the episode needed that little bit of lighthearted tying I things think so up too. kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe that's so, why it got rated so poorly. Maybe without that, people were like, no, this episode sucks. This, I just got. I don't know. It was definitely in the, it's, if you're watching it on Prime, it's in, it's on Prime. It doesn't do a, I don't think it does a split screen. I think it, like, the credits start and then it interrupts the credits, I think. Oh, interesting. I think. I could be remembering wrong now. Report but, back. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely had know. it. It definitely had it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's in. There definitely is some interesting things that happens with just different edits and stuff, like how they end up on on the DVD release and stuff. Like there, we will get to an episode called Earshot that was not originally aired because of oh. current events at the time. I think it's a fantastic episode. Um, and I was watching them on air when they originally aired, but I was not, I was very, very young. So I was not cognizant of like world events. Yeah. So by the time I was binge watching them in the DVD form, I didn't even remember that it did not initially air uh, on TV. I'm excited to discuss that when we get there. Yeah. It's a good one. What final thoughts do you have? Um, dolls are creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, are creepy. 
That was a good Geeks point. deserve more credit for the talents that they cultivate. I, I'm glad that you brought up that point earlier. So I was outraged that they just continue to not believe Buffy when she says something is weird. But you mm-hmm. are totally, you were right to bring up the point the doll is too far. A doll can't be. Dolls are creepy. They're weird. Yeah, right. Miss Edith. Oh my God, when we get there, she's weird. And then nothing <laughs> even creepy happens with Miss Nothing Edith. even happens with her. Yeah, but it's just yeah. weird. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to what was in the current context. But I, I don't know. Like really recently, we've had the Annabelle movies yep. and stuff. I just, I just think like once the supernatural door is open, everything's on the table. You got to have a messy end attitude here, friends. Come on. Right. Exactly. I, that's just where I would be because I my maybe it's my anxiety brain going like <laughs> five steps ahead but i'm like okay right. well this is true what okay so i guess ghosts are a real thing like <laughs> right. should I, I should probably be going to church i don't know like i definitely be wearing a cross like cross bracelet cross earrings cross necklace yeah. like i would just like yeah. cover all of the bases i would have a rabbit foot keychain that's when i would probably go buy some crystals holy water i am only drinking holy water from now on right because yeah. it's not like it changes the taste Holy water nope. doesn't taste any different. So yeah, I'd be drinking holy water. Any new guest that I meet, I would be like, hey, have some water. And then like, yep. just like, oh, okay, went down easy. All right, you know, good to know. I, I would find some way to invite them into my house without inviting, without actually inviting them to see if they could, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Yeah, you just open the door without saying anything. Right, right. So they hesitate, then you'd be like, mm-hmm. all right, well, guess guess we're not having this study date uh, anyway. You can you can sit out there. Or we can exchange notes. I'll sit inside if you want, but that's not how. Yeah, that's as far as this relationship is going. Sorry, love bug. Now I'm just now I'm just picturing two two teens sitting cross legged with notebooks on either side of the door's threshold, like still being perfectly cordial and stuff. But being like, if you're not gonna just like walk in here, then this is how we're gonna right. study. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For the open yeah, door. I'm not, yeah. Don't worry about it, mom. I'm just wondering, just figuring out if they're a vampire or not. Don't worry about it for safety one day you'll understand yeah also one thing that keeps coming back in my head when is she whittling these these stakes what does joyce think about it how has joyce not found them and asked questions about it is there a stake depot that she found online like where do these come from yeah where does where does one purchase a crossbow i don't know where to buy a crossbow i don't and I feel like if I... Well, Giles, Giles had the cross. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. There, early on in the first season, when she takes the trunk thing off, there was all sorts of accoutrement under... Okay. But that that I could explain with her watcher. Maybe her, her first watcher gave her the crossbow. So you don't think she is like finding time to stock up on... the? You don't think she ever replaces her... Holy what? No, okay. You're saying that that supplies are provided to. Her. I'm the specifically the crossbow that was in her trunk. I think she probably got that from her watcher. But as far as like stakes go, she has stakes before she meets Giles. Yeah, like there's a window of time when she's without a watcher and she still has stakes. So like, she whittling? Does she have a pocket knife? She's just like breaking her neighbor's fences and whittling them herself. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, but as far as like the holy water and the communion wafers, those I'm sure there are online things you could get or even probably even shops like the same place, the same way you go to like an army depot for like fatigues and like jackets and the way that there are shops that sell scrubs for doctors and stuff like priests have to get their communion wafers somewhere. You think there's a you you think there's a store that is like, yeah, come get your communion wafers. I 
I do? Where would one? I'm gonna look it up, Allie. I think it's probably just online now. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. I'll I'll report back. I don't know how much online shopping Buffy was doing in 1997. Okay, I've just googled it. You can indeed buy communion wafers on Amazon. I don't know why you doubted me on that. It's the internet. Yeah, in 2022, I can buy communion wafers on. This was this was in 1996. Do you think each church, each of the like 50 churches in Sunnydale, you think they each are baking? communion wafers and doing and they have a little little imprint with the cross i thought they, they were just... probably sourcing that from something that is only available to them not that teenage girl also we never figured out what purpose the communion wafers do for buffy and her slayer duties but i am skeptical that there is like she's not going to go to the Publix and sorry the giant Publix is a grocery store down here wherever your grocery store and like yeah. stock up on community like you couldn't buy it on him i don't know i don't know i don't know i mean sh- maybe she just swiped him maybe dude you gotta i don't know i want to write a whole short buffy short story on these communion wafers there have been times when she i'm picturing one specific moment where she takes off her cross and she dangles that into a vampire's mouth to like torture him for information yep so I could, you could do that with the same with a communion wafer, just do that and then like hold their mouth shut because it's still something holy. Are the communion wafers blessed? I think so. They should be. They're the body of Christ. I guess so. Yeah. The same way, the same way that the wine is blessed. Yeah. Yeah. But we see vampires. I think I might be trying to. Too much sense I think of it. I might be overthinking it a little bit. You overthink never. Okay. Whatever. Allie, will you wrap us up? I will. <laughs> I think that yeah. about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you'll join us again for our next episode where we'll discuss season one, episode 10, Nightmares. And that's a good one. Yeah, I love that. It's really good. And if you were just too excited to wait until our next episode to chat, please send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. And you can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at at Tabula Rasa B Pod. Allie, where can people interact with you on the internet? Well, Nicholas, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DaughterPick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K. And you can find me on TikTok at Future Black Cat. It's just spelled like it sounds. And if you want to earn brownie points, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Press, A-L-L-I-E-P-R-E-S-S. And you can become a member and hear about my not-so-weekly updates and things of the sort. Help out a young actress. A young, gorgeous, incredible actress. And then when she gets mm. famous, you can be like, I knew her before she was famous and i'm a badass that's playing that that's my that's my plan at least <laughs> um luckily friends all of those social media handles if you didn't catch them will be in the description Allie, i hope you have an absolutely stunning evening ahead of you you as well and to everyone out there listening we love you make proud choices make proud choices bye bye Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer, with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.